0: You know, I would ask why there seems to be so many more people here this weekend, but I already know the answer. It's because I preached on hell last weekend. You know? Everyone has been so excited around here. Father, please talk to us more about hell. Evan comes to me every single day. I want to hear more about hell. Father, it's my favorite subject. So I thought I'd come with a number two this week. I've been thinking about the fact that, uh, actually, a St. Catherine of Siena quote. It's one of my favorite ones. She says, That the road to heaven is paved in heaven, and the road to hell is paved by hell. You know the way we live right now precludes where we're going in our life. You know, and it's nice to think about sometimes, like what awaits us on the other side. But it's far more beneficial for us, and existentially, you know, a greater manifestation in our reality of how am I living my life right now. In my relationship with God, with eternity, with heaven and hell. You know, one of my, I want to reflect on one of my favorite characters today uh, from any novel. It's from a Dostoevsky book called The Brothers Karamazov. And it's, his name is Father Zosima. Father Zosima is like the epitome of a, such a holy, good-natured monk who's lived faithful in his vocation for 50 years on his deathbed. And you just get some of his teachings. One point he's asked about hell and... His description of hell is actually my favorite of all. He says pure suffering all the time, torment. No, I'm joking. That's not what he says. He says, What is hell? I maintain that it is a suffering of being unable to love. That being unable to love is really the, the eternal pain that we could look at in eternity. And yet... That is a pain that can begin even now on this earth. There is no greater suffering that we can experience even here in our life when we do not have a purpose or a person to give ourselves in love to. And Dostoevsky, he believes so much in the reality of love, the fact that we are made from love and for love, that he said it's only through are giving ourselves in love that we actually come to know who God is and believe in Him. So there's this one story where this, and I'm going to tie this into kind of discernment of vocations. That's my main goal in this homily, right? Discernment between religious life, priesthood, and married life. And Dostoevsky brings out in this conversation with this monk, Father Zosima, the difference between active love and love in dreams. It's one of the most beneficial and beautiful ideas I've really ever come across. And so basically there's this woman who's, you know, in her 50s, comes to this monk, Father Zosima, and a lot of her loved ones have died, and she's losing faith in God. And she asks him to help her to find a reason to believe in God again. And he says to her, I can't convince you of God, but I can show you a way that you can live where you will become convicted of His existence. And he called it active love. He says, I want to read the dialogue. By the experience of active love, try to love your neighbor actively and tirelessly. The more you succeed in loving, the more you'll be convinced of the existence of God and the immortality of the soul. And this woman responds, active love. That's another question. You see, I love mankind so much that would you believe it? I sometimes dream of giving up everything, all I have of leaving and going to become a nun, a sister of mercy. I close my eyes, I think and dream, and in such moments I feel an invincible strength come over me. No wounds, no festering sores could frighten me. I would bind them and cleanse them with my own hands. I would nurse them, their sufferings. I am ready to kiss even their sores. She goes, but then I think to myself, could I persist in this way of life for very long before I grow tiresome? And what if the very people that I give myself to, what if they aren't grateful for what I give? And what if nobody sees the sacrifice that I am making? Would I still do it? And Father Zosima responds to her. He says, active love is a harsh and fearful thing compared with love in dreams. Love in dreams thirst for immediate action, quickly performed, and with everybody watching us. Indeed, it will go as far as, the, as giving one's life, provided it does not take long, but is soon over as on a stage. And everyone is looking on and praising you in your great sacrifice. Whereas, active love is labor and perseverance. And for some people, perhaps a whole science. And I I think that active love actually is the science of the saints. Which which really stands in contradiction with, with our society that is so in love with love in dreams and fame and being seen for doing great things. You know, active love is being faithful to your life in all of its mundaneness. Just being faithful to our duties. It's trivial, it's unnoticed, and so often unappreciated. You know, couples who are just about to get married, that's a beautiful thing. And that, that's what all the movies glorify the beginning. You know, it's like that really dark, um, like disturbing horror series that came out recently called Twilight like that that that's what our society holds up as like the epitome of relationships and yet it's the couples who've been married for 20 30 40 50 years together sometimes no longer even feeling a spark just doing their best to be faithful to one another and to raising their children loving one another every day forgiving one another in whatever pains and caring one another to the very end That's active love. And no one's on the other side applauding that. And yet, that's the science of the saints. The same thing with priests and nuns who just live good, holy, hidden lives, giving the sacraments every single day, being faithful. One one priest once said, when uh, we, we boasted about how many seminarians we were getting, he said, it's not about how many you ordain, it's about how many you bury. How many push through to the very end? Because we're all made to give a gift of our lives. And that's what discernment is all about. You know, it's like we said in that Vatican II docu- document, man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. The only way we will find true love in this life and purpose is by knowing where we are called to give a gift. And that's what all of our energy actually is meant for. All that erotic energy within us is meant for a purpose. I'm going to say something a little scandalous right now and somewhat disturbing, but we all have a little bit of Nicholas Manessas in all of us. Right? These arcane, primordial, unruly, erotic desires welling up in our being. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll walk into the kitchen downstairs and and Nicholas will just be in their shirt off and he'll just be Shaking it out, you know, like he's on a dance floor, but there's no music going on, and no one else is dancing. Like, Nicholas, what are you doing? He's like, just channeling the erotic desires. Just getting ready. I'm like, all right. This guy's definitely called to be a priest. You know, he has all this energy, and he's, he's looking for a place to give it. You know, and that's, that's what we're all meant for, though, is finding the place of our giftedness. Like, that's one of the truest things. All the missionary work in the history of the church... You know who it was done by? Celibates. The greatest missionary efforts, the reason America found Catholicism, was because of celibate priests who used all that energy for the gift of spreading the gospel. That's the purpose. But that's a very hard and harsh reality. You know, I remember one of the biggest turning points in my vocation, the first years, I was a. Uh, You know, I had an idea about what seminary would be and what married life would be. And once I was in seminary, you get this divided heart of like, you know, it's easy to dream about seminary when you're in relationships. And it's easy to dream about relationships when you're in seminary. And at one point, I went into my spiritual director after like two years there. And I was still with this divided heart. Like, should I be here? Or should I be married? And my spiritual director just said something to me. He just said, If you really want to go, just go. Nothing's holding you here. Why not just go back, get your relationship, get your friends, get your home, get everything that you you think you miss so much. And I walked out of his office, and I just remember looking at this crucifix that was hanging on this wall, and all my brother seminarians were walking around me. And the realization just hit me so hard right there that it's not marriage I love, It's the idea of marriage that I love. It's a beautiful idea. But my reality, the reality I'm made for is priesthood. Is being with Jesus Christ. And if the only reason I wanted the idea of something else was for my own egotistical purposes, and yet the place of love, the place of gift was right there in front of me, in seminary. When I saw that, I never looked back. And now every time I come home after Mass and I found find like Marcus's egg cartons all over the cupboards, and I found Michael's dishes everywhere in every condition except clean and you know Jack being Jack, always Jack, and I think this is the harsh and dreadful reality of my life. <laughs> and I love it! I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, and I I have to say, like, the deepest conversions I've ever encountered over and over again have been to loving my reality as it is. And so often, when Christ comes with that authority that he's speaking about in the gospel to take out the demons from our lives, he's taking out all these false dreams that separate us from reality from the place I'm called to be a gift. And when we encounter that, the authority of His voice inviting us into that that gift of ourselves, into our vocation, we find the place of our sanctification and our holiness, which is right before us in the present moment. Not another time, not another place, not another relationship, here and now. That's the deepest conversions we can take. It's not on the other side of anything. It's right here. You know, I, I just heard about this study just recently. It was on college students. They took three different groups of, of students, and they had them they were trying to study what gives us the most positive feedback in our brains, like more, most happiness, basically, a fulfilling life. And they had this first group of students. Their job was for one month to do everything they could to make their own life better. Everything you could with the self-help programs, eating right, exercising, getting out and socializing, whatever it was that's good for you and what you want, do that every single day and nothing else. And then they had a second group. And they said, we want you to think about doing good things for other people. Just meditate on what those kind of things would be. Fill your minds with it often, every day. What are the, uh, the opportunities? How could I give myself? What are the great things I could do in life? Study them for a month. And the third group said, Well, with you, the only thing we want you to focus on this next month is everybody else around you. Every single day, your only priority is how can you help other people? Where can you serve? And your only goal is to not think about yourself. And who do you think was the happiest in the end of that month, of that study, of their studies that came back? Obviously the people who did everything for themselves. It's guaranteed, secret to like No, it was, yes, the people who thought only about others. But what does that say about us as human beings? We're made for love. We're made to give a gift of ourselves. That is our path to happiness. And that's what the active love, what Father Zosima was talking about. And I think the great demons in our life, especially in our times where there's so much possibility that comes to us from the internet and from movies and everyone else around us telling us what life could be, is we just fill ourselves with so many dreams of another kind of life. And when we're discerning priesthood or religious life, All we think about is relationships. And then we're in relationships. And all we do is wonder about, well, what if I was a priest? Or what if I was a nun? Well, I'm in this relationship. I wonder, well, I could be so much better and holier and who I want to be if I was in another relationship. Those are demons. Those are spirits meant to disconnect us from ourselves and from the very people that God has put us before us to give ourselves in love. That's the active labor of love that turns us into saints. The life that is right before us, here and now, not on the other side. And as Father Zosima said, that if you live this way, if you give yourself in love tirelessly, you will become convinced of the love of God. I can't prove it to you. But if you do this, from within, you will know that He exists and His love for you. And I can tell you, there has been nothing in my life that has revealed God more to me more than books, more than my, even my own individual prayer time or spiritual direction, But it has been the moments that have come up in just being faithful to what God has asked me to do every day in the fearful, harsh reality of active love. And the greatest revelation I've had in all of that is that that is exactly how God loves us. God does not love you in dreams. God does not love you according to what He thinks you should be, or you could be if you just put more effort into it, or what you will be in the future, or because of the mistakes He made in the past. God only loves in reality where we are right now in this present moment. And He's giving Himself to us right now in reality, on this altar, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in reality. And that is a reality when we live it and we understand it can truly save us from hell, not only save us from hell, but pave our entire path by heaven, to heaven.